Hi folks, Stuart here. Just before we get started, our apologies for the delay in getting this one out, but Darren and I have been rather busy and struggling for editing time. Uh, this was recorded on the evening of Wednesday the 31st of July, and a few things have happened since then, so here are some additional headlines for you. The NFL preseason kicked off on Thursday night with the Hall of Fame game between the Denver Broncos and the Atlanta Falcons in Ohio. In a pretty standard preseason affair, the Broncos came out on top thanks to a last-minute touchdown pass from Brett Ripien to Juan Winfrey, who came down with the ball after a tip drill with the Falcons' defensive back. Broncos win 14-10. New Orleans Saints wideout Michael Thomas got paid. The standout receiver put pen to paper on a five-year, $100 million, approximately, extension with $61 million in guaranteed money. Since 2016, Thomas ranks 1st in reception percentage, 1st in receptions, 5th in receiving yards, 6th in touchdowns, 2nd in receiving first downs. More details have emerged on the reasons of Washington Redskins tackle Trent Williams uh, desiring to be traded. Uh, Williams' camp has mentioned that team doctors had a look at a growth on his head during the season and cleared him to play, only for him to seek a second opinion and discover that it was a tumour. The All-Pro would leave a massive hole in the Redskins O-line and make things a lot more difficult for rookie quarterback Dwayne Haskins. But given the fact that Williams believes the Redskins did not handle his health scare properly, we can understand why he would want out. And now, after a brief musical interlude, we shall get on with the show. Yeah. Three, two, one. Blast Four third forever. New intro. I'm just watching how the different tones affects the. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right to the end. Ah, lovely. <laughs> cool, oh, anyway. I'm going to keep all this in. Right. Okay, so you're about ready? <clears throat> Yeah, I can way. waffle the fucking shit off a donkey. Sweet, okay. Fun. Waffle the shit off a donkey, that's the phrase. Let's do it. <clears throat> Trusty, beloved co-host, Darren Butter. How's it collapsing, Darren? Like a really bad mall. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Like, uh, There's feet <laughs> and elbows and heads. Just <laughs> scraping away in there, some eye jabbing. Uh, and... there's, a, there's a reference. Did you actually watch the, the All Blacks versus uh, South Africa game at the weekend? We did. I loved how Aaron Smith, who I don't really like very much, mm -hmm. was bundled off the ball by the smallest guy I've ever seen play rugby. Because <laughs> I like the All Blacks, but I think they need to lose occasionally, and there's nothing better for them than losing before the World Cup. Absolutely. Like, um, and uh, obviously, we've seen like the Kiwi attitude to sport, and it's just so nonchalant, especially when it comes oh, to the All Blacks. I think. Blacks. Oh, oh blacks. blacks. I went to see the South Africa game last year, mm -hmm. and it was uh, it was really strange. It was surreal. You're watching the, the best like rugby team in the world ever, and and whenever they make a mistake or something like that, people are just like, "Oh, that's not very great." Sitting next to, like a family of four or something like that, and here's me just effing and blinding the house down when Bowden Barrett just flings this ball right over the head of uh, of, of the back. I was like, "What the hell is going on there?" Um, and, and that's coming from, from me, who isn't nearly as invested in rugby as I am in the sport that we're talking about today. Exactly. Well, we also went to the France game, which was weird, because yeah. <laughs> the whole crowd turned on the All Blacks because the ref sent someone off yeah, in the first France. five minutes. And it was like, well, this game is up the pulley, so we may as well support France, because that will keep the game close and interesting. Yeah, it was so the whole really crowd strange. Changed. <laughs> and they kind of groaned when the All Blacks scored two tries and made it like 14-3. It was like, oh, yeah, it was 3-0 um... France, that was interesting. 14-3, this game's over. Yeah. People leaving? Yeah. Pay that like $100 a ticket. People are leaving. Like, now nah, that's it. I'm going to the Thistle. I'm done. 
no TVs in the festival. No, well, exactly. You don't don't you see it at that point. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we've absolutely digressed already. That was that's probably a record in terms of digression. We've not even spoken about what it is that we do here. At, uh, as long as we don't talk about regression. <laughs> okay. So um, yeah, things are finally heating up in the NFL sphere. Uh, NFL, the NFL have re- released the majority of their top 100 players list. Players are mostly all in camp now, and preseason kicks off with a Hall of Fame game going on this Friday. It is going off now, Darren. So on today's show, we are going to give our own hot takes on players who need a bit of a change of scenery. Uh, so by that we mean, who do we think needs to be traded this season? Who is uh, either outstayed their welcome at their current club or just needs to get out to try and find some success before the end of their careers? And later on, we will take a look into the future at dates you need to be circling on your calendar right now. Do it now. Cool. Well, wait until we say it first I of all. Actually, the actual dates. Does that matter? Um, no, I'll give you the weeks. <laughs> yeah. So that will be of the good enough. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so look forward to that one, of course. So that's going to be our uh, top ten biggest games of the upcoming season. Uh, but first, the news. And in the news. Uh, Dallas Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott is the latest running back to hold out. So Arlington's biggest offensive star believes that he deserves that left bail money and is not reported to the organization. Cowboys head coach Jason Garrett said on the NFL Network that Zeke has been a great leader for his team and then everything expected of him this offseason and that he and the rest of the team, quote, has such a great respect for Zeke. Zeke has such a great respect for everybody else. They know he's got to do his thing. They know the Cowboys want Zeke. They know that Zeke wants to be here. Somehow, some way, that's going to get figured out. So it seems that every other week we're talking about a running back holding out. Is Zeke's situation any different to the likes of, say, Melvin Gordon? Yes. Mm-hmm. In what way? <laughs> well, Zeke is much better than Melvin Gordon. I see. And his usage in that offense is much higher. Mm-hmm. In, in short, the Cowboys don't have Philip Rivers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. And you you need it. I think there's also an age difference. Mm-hmm. Um, Zeke Elliott's only what twenty four, something like that. Yeah. So if they give him a five year, it'll only be twenty nine when it ends. Mm-hmm. Whereas Melvin Gordon's what twenty six. Yeah, something like that. So it's not, it's not 30, too drastic. So he'd be thirty one, which mm-hmm. you know you don't want to be paying. That's the whole thing. They won't be paying seventeen million a year to a guy who's thirty one mm-hmm. as a running back. Um. I think it just makes sense. I know the issue for the Cowboys is they have Dak, they have Zeke, they'll have a couple of defense offensive linemen coming up. They'll have Amari Cooper. Amari um, Cooper. They have um, the boy, Byron Jones. Byron Jones and Jalen Smith. Mm-hmm. And who loses out? Mm. And I'm going to go completely against the statisticians here and say that to me it should be Byron Jones that loses out here. Mm. And you pay the others. So the statisticians that you mentioned, probably uh, the ones that we hold in highest regard, would be the guys at Pro Football Focus. Mm-hmm. I think that Jones should be paid first. Mm. I, I don't agree. I think when your offense is so strong with um, you know, with the usage of Zeke and the way he plays, I think he's he needs to get paid. Mm. Like Dak will play at the moment. Zeke won't. I think that, like, I, I tend to usually agree with them, but I think the way that this offense is structured and the lack of weapons for Dak on the outside, and to my to my opinion, Dak not being that great a quarterback, having someone like Zeke there who gets those extra couple of yards on every carry and is, is properly explosive, like, sure, he's not going to make too many people miss, but he's going to run them over... I, I do think that Zeke is the main cog in this offense and that they seriously do miss him when he's not there. I I think people see into stats what they want to see. I, I read somewhere that they were talking about how Zeke was going to... how he had the highest rushing yards because they used him too much. And they used him too much in stacked boxes and stuff. But we mm. have to remember that they only traded for Amari Cooper like late in the season. They had no real options. Yeah, yeah. It was, so it was like like it was like week seven or eight or something like so that. Yeah, Zeke gets rushing champion, but 
they had no other option then to do it. But then at the same time, that doesn't mean you then completely disvalue Zeke because you have Cooper. Mm. In to me, I feel that Cooper is strong because they have Zeke. Mm. They have to load the box for Zeke, which means that Cooper is getting one-on-one coverage or he's getting hitched yeah. rather than getting double teams. It certainly helps because, like, surely you you've got to account for someone like Zeke, who who is capable of exploiting those holes in the middle. Whereas some of the other guys they've had back there through the years just they haven't been nearly as much of a, much of a threat, uh, whether it be in, in rushing or receiving. I mean that that offensive line is is incredible, and they've got to utilize that um, as much as possible. And I think having someone like Zeke back there helps you maximize your your return uh, on on your offensive side there. Yeah, I think he's he's probably one of those that sort of bucks the trend for me in terms of value at running back spot. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's hard to hard to say. They, I heard someone at the Ringer say that he um, believed that they had to pay Zeke because they'd got rid of Rod Smith. And I was Why just does like, that matter? <laughs> that's completely devaluing Zeke. Yeah, you don't have any backups, but the reason you don't have any backups is because he's Zeke Elliott. Mm, mm. Pay Zeke because he's Zeke. Yeah. Making excuses of why you need to pay him other than the fact he's the focal point of the offense and he's a star mm. and you're a team that needs stars and you won three Super Bowls with a big three and if you lose Zeke, you've only got a, well, not even what, mm. half. Like, what, would you say that... I, f- I feel like Dak, Cooper and Zeke together are a big three. Mm-hmm. It could be a good trio. You take away Zeke, they're just two guys. Yeah. Yeah, he, he He's just seems to help elevate them, yeah. Um, like comparing back to Melvin Gordon again, Melvin Gordon's missed plenty of time through injury over his career, uh, something like 13 games or something. And, of course, Zeke has missed time through suspension, so if he can keep himself in the good books, then he's going to be up there every year for the Russian Championship. Now, uh, Jerry Jones has been quoted as saying that you, you don't need a rushing champion to win a Super Bowl like yeah, you know, can't hurt though. And the last sued... the last time you won a Super Bowl, you did have a guy who was essentially a rushing champion. Then he also sued the league to get Zeke to play. Yeah. <laughs> so pinch of salt, probably. With yeah. That. I think he's more likely the ownership model, the off- offense, the way the Cowboys are set up means that out of all the running backs, it's probably most likely to get paid. Yeah, I would say. And so. I think it's the same with Wentz doing it a year early. Gives them a lot of leeway. Probably save you money in the long run. Yeah, because they can pay it all up now while he's playing mm. and while he's when he's like 28, 29. Yeah. They'll have maybe 5 million a year guaranteed instead of 12 million a year guaranteed. Yeah. Unless the league value for running backs falls off a cliff even more, uh, this is going to be all right. They may as well just get it done, I think. The running backs are stars, though. I, I can't see the NFL. The, the NFL, from a marketing point of view, does look like it needs to kind of adjust some things and how mm. the teams are paying the stars because if they go to analytics then you're going to end up like baseball where there are absolutely no stars mm. and I don't think the NFL really wants that no. so I, I don't know how you adjust the cap I, I know that people talk about you just give quarterbacks 25% of the cap regardless of what the cap <laughs> is and I feel like you just say that running backs get seven and that's it. And that's it done. Mm. And your number one running back can get up to 7% of the cap, and then yeah. the cap extends past that. So you get that 33% taken care of with the stars, and then you have your defensive mm. stars, and then you have the rest of the caps, the yeah. other 40 guys. Well, the, the, the Cowboys have their, have their own wage structure in place, I'm sure, and they have drafted very well in the last few years, especially on, on the defensive side of the ball and on that offensive line. So... Yeah, like I say, they've got to spread the wealth at some point, and like whether this is going to be just too much to funnel them down uh, in, in, into one person, that might be a bit much. Hard, hard to say. Uh, I could understand if they went either way, but I can't, I can't see them ever getting rid of Zeke just because they are a team that really values star power overall. Else, I can't imagine Martin playing for another team. No. So I can't imagine Zeke playing for another team. No. 
Uh, and as a as a side note, they have just signed Alfred Morris as a backup, so Again. just brought him back. Yeah, he just he just likes it there. He's obviously quite comfortable down in Dallas. Make himself a nice little pay packet. Might not even need to get on the field. He probably knew that was coming. He just was taking a holiday. Yeah, that's it. Just, just a reason not to go to camp. Is, yeah, it's like the um, the Baltimore running back who, very similarly, was kind of on holiday training, knowing he was going to get the veterans minimum to play for the Ravens again. He's torn his ACL and he's out for the whole season. Damn, Alex Collins. Shame um, that one. <laughs> it's He would have got touches as well. behind. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's read that um, Lamar Jackson is RB8. His stats <laughs> were running back 8 in fantasy last year mm-hmm. as a quarterback, which is kind of ridiculous and I don't think is sustainable at all. Yeah. I think uh, we had uh, John Harbaugh come out the other day and say, uh, yeah, uh, t- take the take the over on uh, on Lamar Jackson running more than Cam Newton did in his like most rushing attempts in a season. Um, okay, so moving on from that, uh, the Seattle Seahawks inside linebacker Bobby Wagner has just signed a three-year, fifty-four million dollar extension with forty point two million guaranteed to make him the highest-paid inside linebacker in the NFL. Is he worth that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> there is um, absolutely no doubt that Bobby Wagner is worth any every penny of what he gets paid. Mm-hmm. There are two stars on that team, and um, of course it's Bobby Wagner and a uh, Fetty under. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Under well, third tight end. What, what makes what makes a Fetty a star is that he doesn't block anyone, mm-hmm. which means that Wilson has to run around. Ah, okay, so he, and he he enables Russell yeah, Wilson he, to he, look amazing. Yeah, he's the entertainment. Yeah, okay. Because if you. he did his job, Wilson could just. It'd be boring. Russell Wilson would be thrown for eight thousand yards a season and two hundred touchdowns and throw over his head. And yeah, exactly. So he's yeah, he's yeah. not keeping it interesting so, for us. So. Keep yeah. an eye on a ferry. Yeah, Gen- general consensus on inside linebackers, and it's something which I tend to agree is that they're for the most part dime a dozen. But the things that separate Bobby Wagner from most, if not all, other linebackers is his coverage ability, and his his reliability, and his just general availability. Um, he has missed, I think it was five tackles over the last like two and a half seasons or something like that, and three of those were it, over the space of two games where he had a bum shoulder. So if you take that out, he's had like one or two missed tackles over that span, which is unreal. And he's got a PFF coverage grade of something like ninety-two. That you're not supposed to be able to have that. As a linebacker, he's just so quick. His instincts are brilliant. He's smart. He's a leader. He is everything that you want to build a defense around. Well, you look at other... It's like you say, a dime a dozen. It's like you look at other starters in that position for other teams. Like you've got like Blake Martinez at the Packers. Mm. You've got Kike Alonso at the Bills. You've got Kirksey at the Browns. Like, they're not Bobby Wagner. No. And... It just must change a game plan so much knowing that he's there for teams playing against the Seahawks. It just must be an absolute disaster if you don't do it. <laughs> so I, I think Bobby Wagner's worth every penny. Um, here's a question for you. If Bobby Wagner continues to do what he's doing yes, and he helps the Seahawks get to another two out of the three years playoffs, playoff win each season. Yes. Is he then the most recognised, talent, most talented member of the Legion of Boom? Considering he started as the rookie, the lower one. Mm, yeah, okay, so he's worked his way up and through it. Well, I think with the, with the Legion of Boom being just that, they were a legion, there was this whole, uh, this whole defensive unit there. And now, piece by piece, they've all started to fall off and disappear and retire now Wagner's having to be the one to step up and I think at the moment he's keeping that defense a lot more respectable than it would be without him hmm. uh, the, the unit itself was, was, was fantastic and I would still say that that's probably one of the best defensive units I've ever seen in, in 2014 but um, on an individual level right now it's hard to say that he would be any less valuable than a lot of those guys at their peaks. 
Um, so to answer your question, I'm not going to answer your question, but I think that he is absolutely outstanding. And yep, he's 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 achieved. Yeah, he's he's like top two players and like defensive players in the league now. Between him and Aaron Donald, I'd say. To answer my question, myself. You do it then, because <laughs> I'm not gonna. <laughs> I would say that if you were to break it down, um, Cam Chancellor is the most talented. Um, He's Earl, a freak. Earl Thomas is going to be the first one in the Hall of Fame. Yes. And Bobby Wagner's going to play the longest. Okay. It'd yeah. Probably be my way of looking at it. and all three of them probably okay, so you're make break, the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got Richard Sherman and he he'll do what he does. You know, yeah. He's he is to me he's on an island. Mm-hmm. Because that's how he played. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's what he what he is, what he does. <laughs> but yeah, um Seahawks had a good run. Should maybe have won a couple more. Yes, they should have. Hand that damn ball off. Um but yeah yeah that was a no, Mina Kimes key. actually came out and she's like the super fan of the Seahawks, mm-hmm. but also an NFL rider, and was like, if they, she is of the opinion that if they handed it off, they wouldn't have won. But they shouldn't have thrown it. Yeah, where they threw it. Yeah, she she, she thought that they would probably get stuffed, but it would have been a far better decision than to throw it like they did. Yeah. Spoiler alert for if you haven't seen that Podcast. dumpster fire. Um, <laughs> Oh no no! I was referring to the game. You were referring to the podcast. Sorry, <laughs> podcast wonderful. Uh, like yeah, go let's listen to those. Um, actually, no, don't just listen to us. We're the only source you yeah. need. Like, what, what are other podcasts even? I don't know. What do I do in my time? Uh, just listen to reruns of us. I I, I sit in a stasis pod all day, <laughs> waiting to talk about NFL. Yeah, until someone comes and asks me an IT question, <laughs> and then then I have to like take off my 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 breathing mask and. <gasps> Log a ticket. Quit it back on. <laughs> quickly move away screens. <laughs> Close down all my, my NFL watching stuff that I've got open. Uh, I hope no. Hope my boss isn't listening. Anyway, uh, moving on from that, and the New York football giants have some issues at wide receiver down. <gasps> Having traded away Odell Beckham Jr. in the offseason. Yay. Oh, wait, no. There was, there was more. Uh, so apparently the G-men are running out of options due to injuries and suspensions right now. Uh, former Browns wideout Corey Coleman tore his ACL on day one of camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, new number one wide receiver Sterling Shepard broke his thumb in the same session. He might be back. Yes, uh, it's, it's likely he will be back, but still, <laughs> it's a save concern. The day. Yeah, exactly. Here he comes to save the day. And uh, now, former Detroit and Philly stalwart Golden Tate has been suspended for four games for violation of the NFL substance abuse policy. Mm-hmm. So. Now, Darren's actually going to New York City next week, so... He's going to test the vibes. Yeah, you, you, well, also, well, I was going <laughs> to say... I'm be like, Golden State. Golden State? Golden State. Golden they're, State. They're awful. I hate them. <laughs> I, I I know basketball. Kevin Durant should have for the Knicks. Golden State. Was he really trying to have a baby? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't think it's possible for a man to have a baby. They don't have the, the stuff on the... Oh, I see, with his partner. Um, um I, I I don't know. Um, but if he says that he has um, uh, uh, reported himself to the league before they've even come to him, uh, just to fill everyone in, he was uh, like, he, like Golden Tate has come out saying that he noticed he had consumed a banned substance, which was in a fertility drug that he was taking, and immediately reported it to the league before they banned him. So he is obviously seeking a reduction in this four-game ban. And I would say it's probably, something that... He will probably get it if he can prove... Yeah. I think a doctor would have prescribed it, probably. It, yeah. So if true, feeling... if true and they can prove it, uh, then then I think that it should serve as, as a, a reduction. Not a big one, but maybe just down to three games rather than four as a bit of an impetus to players to at least just come forward Self- before yeah. you're... Yeah, just say, I have done this. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I know you're going to catch me anyway. So, yeah, like, honesty is the best policy. Was it Colo Toure who took some of his um, wife's... Colo, 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 Some of his, um, Colo, Colo. his wife's uh, fitness stuff and then immediately told the Premier League because he realised what he'd done and then he was banned for a year anyway. Oops. Oops, yes. 
But so honesty, not always the best policy. <laughs> That's it. Uh, do drugs, but don't tell anyone is their, their policy. Not the official policy of the Fourth and Forever podcast, I might add. Um, but yeah, at, at the moment, they are now left with uh, Cody Latimer mm-hmm. and Benny Fowler, both former Broncos. Uh, the speedy, yet also hurt, Darius Slayton, who's got a bit of a hamstring tweak. And Russell Shepard. Now, they have combined 175 catches... 2,354 yards over a combined 16 seasons. And for those of you who are curious, that's uh, less than OBJ has in his last 32 games. Yeah. If you were the um, Giants, mm-hmm. would you even suit Evan Ingram up right now? Oh, I think you'd, you'd have to because you'd be wanting you'd get bonuses for playing and stuff like that and He's in my fantasy team, so I really want him to be. <laughs> I mean, like, in the preseason. In the preseason, even, nah, even they, camp. No, nah, he, he will get maybe minimal time on the field, if that. Um, I think maybe just something just to get him, like, moving around a little bit. But he's going to be like, on a lot on a serious leash until week one of the NFL season, I would say. Um, Pardon me, kind of looks like maybe the Giants should kind of be like, oh, no. Oh no, we have no players. Oh, how could I seen this coming? Now we now we'll just try our best. There are fifty-two players in IR. Oh, no. <laughs> Three and thirteen. Oh, what a shame! Oh, no, now we get number one pick. Yeah. Oh, oh no! Oh no! Who's it gonna be? Can you oh. imagine if they did get number one pick and it was like Lawrence and Tua, and they're like, "We love Daniel Jones," and they go and pick like a wide receiver or something? Yeah. Oh my god, I love the Giants. <laughs> It's just, so they, they keep giving us things to talk about. I, we, we, we try not to circle back around to them, but then this, the headlines, they write themselves. Uh, we, try, we try really hard, but they just suck you right back in again. So, yeah, they're probably going to go 10-6 and six this year, now that we've said that. No, they're no, not. They're not. <laughs> I wasn't going to believe that. And uh, to wrap up the news, and we're probably going to keep this a little bit... Um, of a, of a shorter segment here because uh, it's to do with rather unsavory instance surrounding the Tyreek Hill saga, which now looks to be over, for now at least. Uh, the league announced that after no proof could be found of any wrongdoing on Hill's part, that he would be suspended, uh, that he would not be suspended at all by the league, but they have left the door open for future action should anything else come to light. Now, we don't really want to delve too far into this, as it's kind of old news by now, and it's not really football related to some parts, but given what we heard on the audio recordings, I would maybe have anticipated at least a suspension for the threat of violence that he made to his girlfriend. Um, you know, it's, it's it's been a real murky saga, and it's something that we just want to move on from quite quickly, I guess. But do you have any takes on the league's stance on this? I'm not surprised. With mm. what they've done, mm-hmm. as long as they leave themselves open, like video or yeah, more audio or the kid ages eighteen years and tells them, <laughs> then they have it open to to ban him. Um, they made that mistake with the uh, kicker um, at the Giants, who they banned for four games, and that was it. And yeah, then it came out that he was an absolute disgrace, and mm. it was up to the Giants to then ban him. Yeah, so. Instead of saying, here's a two-game ban, it's finished, they're leaving it open yeah. so that if something happens, it's going to be a, hey, this is a lifetime ban or a season ban. Yeah. Because they, in not doing anything, they've left themselves able to do something, mm. which is where they kind of went wrong with Ray Rice and where they went wrong with the, the kicker from the Giants mm-hmm. is that they did it too quickly and then all this stuff comes out and then they're not able to do anything and it's up yeah. to the teams to do it which makes them look toothless so instead of saying hey Tariq we'll give you a four game ban because of optics and then it comes out that he really did it and he shouldn't be playing anymore Yeah. then see to me this is different to Kareem Hunt Kareem Hunt they have the video they know what happened eight game ban done yeah they're not going to get another angle of it. It's not going to come out. Yeah. They've seen it. They know what they did. They know what they've got. 
This one they don't know. So there's no point in them doing anything and shutting the door. Because the NFLPA mm-hmm. will side and say, for any player, it's just what they do, it's what they're paid to do, is they'll say, okay, that's the ban. Mm-hmm. Can't come back to it. Yeah. So this allows them to come back to it. That's all it is. Yeah, there's, there's various potential reasons why it could have gone this way. Um, like the, like his, his, his partner who accused him actually then... Uh, refused to cooperate with authorities. Uh, it, it could be said that perhaps she did so because she then realised that her um, the child support checks be kind of hard if treat wasn't working. Bit of a cynical way of looking at it, but it's, it's, there's, there's many reasons why these things can happen. Uh, but I think that ultimately they've made just about the right decision. Uh, I would say that they could leave the door open whilst also still giving him a ban for the threat. But should any more stuff come to light, then they could just say it's more than that now. Yeah, I think the issue for them is that the NFLPA will try and close the door on the punishment and say, well, that's that mm-hmm. incident done. Mm-hmm. And I think the way the CBA is at the moment, they punish on incident. So yeah, defining the audio and then the child abuse as separate incidents, it seems a bit difficult for them to do. So they will say... Look, we're not going to do anything right now, but we'll know. Yeah. And when we know, then you're done. Yeah. Okay, so whew, that one's over. No, Thank no. God. We, we don't need to talk about that until some more evidence comes to light. Until he gets 200 yards in a playoff game, and then it's like, oh, should he be playing? Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. It's bound to come back around. But um, as far as I'm concerned, right now, that's it. Done. It's off the table. Um, speaking of things which are off the table... AJ Green's status for week one looks to be just that because he has gone and busted his ankle up pretty bad. So it's looking like he's going to be out for between six to eight weeks right now. Now that's not of the regular season, but that is eating into the start of the regular season for the Cincinnati Bengals. So AJ Green, he's had a couple of injuries recently. He's playing on a team which we find just consistently incredibly boring these days they're consistently shooting themselves in the foot getting injured it, it just doesn't look so good for the Bengals this season or any recent season yeah I have takes on this oh well would you mind telling them because uh, you have the medium you have a platform mm-hmm. yeah if I was AJ Green I would not play again for the Bengals. In, in what way would he do that? Would he just refuse? Would he say, I want a trade? Yep, I am a top 50 player. I've done everything I can for you guys. I want to win some championships. I've just injured myself doing freaking nothing on a mm. stupid field in Iowa. Yeah, it was a pretty stupid field. I, Ohio, Dayton. Yeah, Dayton University. Yeah, Dayton University, Ohio, part of the NFL's one hundred year celebrations. So I, yeah, I would just be okay. This shit show has run its course. I'm gonna go win a championship. Look, you'll probably get a first, second, and third for me. You'll be fine. Steady on. Really? Saying what he believes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He he, he believes himself to be that good. I'm just not gonna play anymore. Mm. That would be. If I was him, I would do that. I don't. Mm. He's not got very long left, and they're not going to pay him. Yeah, he's he's, 30, he's thirty-one. He has been in a bit of a decline, but it's quite easy to say that that's been due to the surrounding talent, and that yeah. he's been forced into certain situations. He's got to revisit it up. Yeah, he's to become a mercenary. Mm. A couple of one-year deals on sixteen, seventeen million a year, mm. and help teams over the top. Yeah, there's no point in staying at the bank. Mm. Well. It's funny that you should say that, Darren, because um, what do we have here in our next segment? It's uh, players who we believe need to be traded. And guess who's number one right there? So that's a nice little uh, segue, as they call it in the biz, uh, into this segment. So, AJ Green, wide receiver for the Bengals, ankle injury, aging, no real success despite being a, a stel- having a stellar career. Is he a bit of a fading force? No, I think that if he's on a good team, he'll be fine. I think he needs someone to help him. Mm. Eifert's been injured. Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd looks good, but... John Ross was a failure. 
Well, well like, this will be his right last now. chance saloon as well. Yeah. yeah. So the Bengals have tried to, they've spent high to put things around him. It just hasn't worked. Mm. AJ needs to pick a, a team and, and hitch his wagon to it, I guess. Um, it pain it'll pain you, isn't it? Don't I mean, say it. He'd be great on the page. No, I, I'm banning you from this. You're not allowed to do. You're going to say now. I've got how many players in this list? Like seven or something like that. If you say that no. any one of them goes to the Patriots, no, the units are set. But if okay. they don't have Josh Gordon, then the Patriots could really do with AJ Green. Um, and for the right price, pretty much any organization could do with an AJ Green. The 49ers could. Mm-hmm. Yep, could, but they might not potential. win. So would AJ Green want to go? Um, the Raiders? Would you pair him with Brown and then just be suddenly become best the best very terrifying? If you've got um, <laughs> if you've got Brown and AJ Green, yeah, yeah, that's that's that changes worrying. changes the whole outlook for the Raiders overnight. I'd stick him somewhere like the Colts. I think that he'd work pretty well there. Imagine yeah. catching passes from Andrew Luck. I'd assume you'd be working on like slow, so you'd have hmm. Ty going long, yeah. Ty going yeah, long. Yeah, have, have two Ty Hilton there and have him on the other side. On the flat. Him, him and Devin Funches like be, be, be their be good acquisitions for the season. But then again, I seem to think that everyone should go with the Colts. Yeah, you're like, like, but, same with the Patriots. It just doesn't hurt so much. It, it, yeah, that's, that's my, that's my <laughs> go-to. It's the same situation. They have so much salary cap space. Um, it, would, it would just make sense. Also... I mean, the Texans are just waiting for Will Fuller to go down injured again. So if you get someone like like him in there, um, the Titans could use a player of his caliber. Um, but again, they're they're a team which could fall either way. No, you're looking more Packers, Patriots, Jets, Jets. <laughs> no, um, like yeah, Packers would be an interesting one. Like, like he he would look nice in that that uniform. Yeah. Mm, mm. Okay. And you wouldn't have to play him. Yes. So often. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so if you say that that's going to happen, you, you think that that's going to happen at any point? Do you believe this it's trade could happen? really the NFL way for this trade to happen. No. If it was the NBA or, the, mm. or soccer, it would happen straight away. Mm. He would already be gone. Depends what Green wants his legacy to be. He might just want to stay there. He might want to do a Larry Fitz and just say, like, I like it here. In Cincinnati, the, the city that never wins. I will be honest. I think that it's about damn time you're honest. Viral clip of him getting completely hazed by Jalen Ramsey has hurt him mm. to his core because the Bengals were shy last year. Yes, they no were. No matter what age, and so were the Jacks. But you're looking at two players on different curves. Mm. So Jalen Ramsey knows he's one of the best players in the league, but he's on the, his team is not playing very well. Mm-hmm. And then you're Adrian Green. Oh, I'm one of the best players in the league, and my team's not playing very well, but I'm getting worse. Yeah. And he just handed it to Adrian Green that whole game. Yeah. And because the Penguins had no one else, you're looking at like Boye and <clears throat> Ramsey double teaming him, and Ramsey just giving him the giving him all that all the talk. Same For those at home, that was the that, that was the goose step. If you can hear that, that's my hands. Yeah, goose steppy. Goose goose steppy. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Israel Dag in the World Cup. All right. Okay. Um. Yeah. God, sidetracks sometimes. Yeah. Yes, we do. But but it's okay. That's what that's what we're known for. <laughs> they love the banter at, at home. <laughs> all 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 six of our listeners. Hey. Um. <laughs> that's mean. Well, you know, we've got at least nine. Two, two nine subscribers. Yeah, but like two of them are us. So <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, someone else you threw into this conversation was Mike Evans. Oh, he's in you don't like same him situation bucks. except he's getting paid. Mm. So it always helps. Mm. I don't want wide receivers to waste their years. Mm. And. Evans could see out this year and next year the Bucks could have to uh, and it could be like the Browns now. Or he could leave this season and go like mm. somewhere else. <laughs> but if Bruce, if Bruce Arians manages to make 
Jameis into the quarterback that he's supposed to be capable of, then he just makes got silly some decisions. Well, if Arians cuts that out of him, then all of a sudden you've got a Pro Bowl quarterback. Well, that, that's the thing. Jameis Winston has not changed since he got into the league. He's just always been Jameis. But Arians is one of these guys who can elevate a quarterback's play with his, with his scheme and his play calling. So perhaps it works out. Where, um, where, where are you putting Mike Evans and under what circumstances? Be great on the Cardinals. Ooh, he'd be so good in the Cardinals. He'd be like a really good Andy Isabella. Mm. <laughs> but a big, big-bodied uh, wide receiver for Kyler to chuck it up to. Yeah. Um, he'd make the Dolphins relevant instantly to me if he played for them. You would take Mike Evans from the Buccaneers <laughs> and put him in the Dolphins. I, I Do just, you hate this man? I just think that the Buccaneers are even. Just in their division, they're just so crushed. Yeah, they're they're in a between a rock and a hard place in a really tough division. And then you'd stick him over to Miami, though. Like, yeah, well, the that's probably one of the only rosters in the in the NFL that's weaker than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They, I, I feel like the Miami Dolphins have more cap space, more upside in what they can do over the next three, four years than the Bucks. I just think the Bucks are. Do you just think the, the Bucks are closer to being able to rebuild that than the Dolphins are? No, the, the Dolphins I, are tearing down. The idea down. of getting rid of McCoy for like what eight hundred k of cap space? I think it was in the end. Something like that, yeah. Shit show, man. And then bring in like they, they then brought in Sue, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so they got weird. rid of McCoy, who was going to be on like thirteen, and paid Sue like eleven point eight, yeah, and be a consistently better player than Sue probably as well. But whatever. It's like no shit show, just any anywhere. You know who would be good? No. <laughs> <laughs> he would never get paid by the Pats. No, no, no. Um, well, well, like, maybe they, they might just say, like, hey, look, you can, you can come to us for, like, like on a three-year contract or something like that. Um, they, they don't pay many players. Like, Brady would be happy to take take less to get him there. Based on camp buzz, mm-hmm. which is uh, fun. There's a lot of camp buzz going there's, on there's right now. There's camp buzz going on. If the Seahawks were to go... Got the set, DK Metcalf guy. Oh, yeah. He's been underdrafted. Have him for less money for longer. He's, he's epic. Epic, is it? He's epic. Epic. But, epic. but, we'll epic also bats. give you a couple of second round picks. Okay. Can we have Mike Evans, please? Hmm. Considering they're meant to be very similar players. Well, in terms of stature and stuff, yeah, and like well, Mike Evans is a proven but, guy, and he was a first round pick. He's not being paid like a first round pick. I think it depends entirely on what Bruce Arians sees needs to be done in this place. If he shuts it down, mm. if he thinks they're just useless and he wants to bend the season for a draft pick, then yeah, that's the draft I would do. That's the trade I would do. I think, like, I I, I still see enough in the box situation for Evans to say like I think you're alright staying there just now and like in terms of his statistics uh, if he's got someone like Jameis thrown to him his, his statistics are going to keep going so his pay is still going to look good I don't think now is the right time for him to go but you know he could, he could move around he could be we're seeing trades more than more than ever now so I certainly wouldn't, wouldn't rule it out entirely moving into our next one we got uh, and this is someone who has been attracting quite a lot of buzz in trade talks, and that is your boy, Duke Johnson, running back for the Browns. So, very useful running back, great contributor, primarily in the passing game. Uh, sits in the slot a lot, but he's a useful back on a loaded roster. And given the situation with Kareem Hunt at the moment, having his eight-game ban... Um, we see Duke Johnson being the one to stay around and spell for Nick Chubb um, until closer to that deadline, and then just see, you know, what does what do people want? Which is smart. Makes sense. But Especially, they don't have to get rid of him. They have the cap space. Yep. Like, he's he's actually he's, he's the contract. The third highest paid running back this season, I think. Cause he's on like a two-year, eighteen million or something. He's, so getting, he's getting a fair paid amount of eleven money. million this year, which is like the second highest behind Levy. <laughs> Like just, if, just, if I got paid that amount of money to sit on my arse and just watch someone else do my job for me, 
Hell yeah, I'd do that. Yeah, you're not worried about legacy, though. Are you? Well, at this point. <laughs> Duke Johnson was paid during a time where the Cleveland Browns were like, well, this is absolutely shocking. We're not getting any free agents. He was the closest thing to something interesting they had. Yep, and if you simplify it and say, we have Kareem Hunt, he'll come back after eight games. We have Odell Beckham, who sometimes sits in screens and sits in jet sweeps mm-hmm. and does what Duke Johnson does. Then if you can get a third or a second round pick or something for Duke Johnson, you can get that salary cap off so you can go for the Mike Daniels and stuff of the world, then... I would do it, but it's as you said, at the moment, until that trade deadline, they don't need to do anything. He's under contract. And he's a likeable player in the team. I just think he's a player from a time where they weren't very good, and I have a feeling that a few of these guys are going to be shipped quickly because the new mindset is mm. that we're going to win a Super Bowl. And <laughs> maybe not Amazing. this year. Amazing. But... You know, you play in a zero sixteen team. Sometimes that's a bit of a kind of poisonous wound. That if I'm if I'm Duke Johnson, I am happy to stay around in this team for a bit, getting paid that money and contributing to completely changing the fortunes of um, the like the city's biggest franchise that has been in the doldrums for so long, and and then just 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 wait, just just play it out. See how it goes. Don't rock the boat. Apparently, everything's all all gravy there now. So, but... to be fair, Freddie Kitchens has put out three man shotgun formations. Mm-hmm. So you imagine a shotgun formation with Chubb, Duke Johnson, and Odell all splitting off. Mm-hmm. He's gonna get touches while Cream hunts out, and he'd probably even get touches when Cream hunts back because he's not gonna be in the building for ten weeks. So. He could play this whole season, get to the playoffs and have a good year and get free agency next year and get the same kind of contract again. Mm-hmm. If he gets traded now and he goes to the Dolphins or goes to, you know, the Bucks, <laughs> <laughs> and who needs someone like him, I think we were talking about the last podcast, mm-hmm. and he gets nothing, then he's not going to get paid next year. Mm. I think being an okay player on this exciting Browns team is probably the best position he's in in his career at the moment. Oh, absolutely. Like, he's he's gone from being on 0-16 teams to, uh, to to being on a team which is considered to be heading on its way to a Super Bowl berth. Um, but if he is to go, where do you see him going? Do you have, have you thought that far ahead? It's, it's one of these ones that's like, yeah, the NFL running backs, it's weird. There was some talk about Dallas, which I think would be kind of makes sense in terms of You'd be useful in the passing game. Well, you look at the Tampa Buccaneers. For me, it's more teams that need the safety net mm. um, in their quarterbacks. And the Broncos, I find interesting. If Freeman doesn't make the leap over the first six weeks, mm-hmm. then you have him that Flacco or whoever can dump the ball down to, keep you on the field so your defense gets a rest. Um. The Packers could do with someone like him. They don't really have anyone, especially if Ty Montgomery's injured. Yeah, well, you got Aaron, Aaron Jones. People tend to like Jamal Williams is not the not the other guy really. It would be good to have some sort of rotational guy there. The Broncos have brought in Theo Riddick recently from Detroit Lions running back for for a workout. See how that pans out. If I was the Browns, this is me thinking off the top of my head. If I if I was the Browns, I'd be waiting for Kamara to get injured, and just be mm. like, here is. Kamara, here is zero point five. <laughs> here is someone who can play in your scheme. We'll have a, a third and a fourth, please, <laughs> rather than a fifth that they probably get from any other team. So mm. they can wait. This is the thing. Like he can wait. They can wait. They're gonna find the best situation. And it does seem like he's in the position after maybe kicking his throwing his toys and kicking his shoes off a bit, mm. that the Browns are listening to that he wants to be in the right situation. So they're going to find the best option for both parties. and It's fine. I, I'm happy with the Browns roster with or without him, to be honest. So yeah. I'm sure he'll figure it out. Yeah, I could see him perhaps going to um, like fill in for someone like Tevin Coleman in uh, in, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. They did enjoy their, their dual back set up there. 
um, it worked out very well for them. Uh, or maybe go to somewhere like Jacksonville and uh, be the person who's going to be like, hey, I'm actually pretty versatile and I, I'm not really that much of a distraction. I'll just do it. You know, I'm no Leonard Fournette. So damn, get, get me in, give me a contract, maybe. 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 Uh, next on our list, we have Bills running back LaShawn McCoy. So apparently Devin Singletary, their draft pick for this year, has been getting a lot of reps. And it's a pretty crowded backfield back there because you have the aforementioned Singletary, you've got LaShawn McCoy, you have uh, the 85-year-old Frank Gore. Uh, oh, God, who else was it they have there as well? Former Jacksonville Jaguars running back. TJ Eldon. TJ Eldon, that's the boy. Um, and and LaShawn McCoy is getting paid quite a bit. He, he has been on the decline for, for the last little while in terms of rushing average. They've gone and upgraded the offensive line, but maybe it's time to just say, LaShawn, thank you so much for being our offense for the last few seasons. Time to, time to let you fly. Just go somewhere else, do a thing. Don't say the Patriots or I will murder you. Where could we see his value? Where does he go? Again, it's the same thing with running backs though, right? Yeah, but some teams don't have anyone mm. at the box. So like that that's it. We're going we're going back down to Tampa. <laughs> like, ta- they Tampa haven't got anyone in the backfield. Well, appara- They're like the worst backfield in the league. Apparently Bruce Arians says that he is loving his uh, Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones one-two punch he's got going you know why? on. There. Why? Because he's looking at the spreadsheets and the bank account statements and going, oh, this is amazing. I love this. There's, oh, there's no money tied four, up to running backs. Four running backs <laughs> on 3.2 million. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sometimes you need to pay your fucking running backs, mm. and I am. Um, I I think he'd do well at Tampa. He would do well at the Jags. Y- yes, that would be a good place um, to stick him. And he'd do well at the Colts. Mm-hmm. I don't oh, know really. Yeah. I don't really know much about Marlon Mack. Yeah. Other than Ma- he seems really boring. Well, yeah, he he sounds it like he's. <laughs> he just sounds Mar- really Mar- boring. Marlon Mack is one of these under the radar guys, but he had a pretty good uh, season last year, actually. Um, like sneaky, like under the radar sort of deal. Um, but LaShawn McCoy would be one of these guys that, providing he hasn't slowed down that much, as long as everything checks out, he'd be a dynamic runner, receiving threat. He'd be the sort of guy who would fit in nicely there. That's a, a position that I do think that the Colts have been lacking for many seasons now. Probably since they got rid of Edgar and James, to be honest. So. What we're saying uh-huh. is that if the Colts were to give up a few draft picks, mm-hmm. a little bit of future equity, mm-hmm. and spend their salary cap that they have, yes, we could be looking at a team that has Andrew Luck and LaShawn McCoy in the backfield mm-hmm. with T.Y. Hilton, Eric Ebron, and A.J. Green. And A.J. Green. <laughs> hey. And Justin Houston and and Leonard. Mm-hmm. Dar- yeah, Darius Leonard, yep. It sounds not bad. Yeah, I think... They've got a couple other places they need to sort out, but uh, yeah, that would work out all right. And I reckon you could get LaShawn McCoy probably for like a fourth-round pick these days. Oh, to take on the cap, probably a seventh. Yeah, probably right, actually. Just mm-hmm. to take on the money? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, the Colts have the money, and why not? Offload. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So it's a done deal. The, the Colts are really busy this uh, like theoretical offseason. Yeah. <laughs> Um, another uh, player that we have on our list is defensive end for the 49ers, Solomon Thomas. So a former first-round pick who's fallen behind in the depth chart. It's like He's just maybe not given himself much of an opportunity there yet, but he's surely got en- enough mm-hmm. on tape to say, that, like, yeah, he's going to interest a bunch of teams. Um... I don't know, do you think he'd have many suitors? Solomon Thomas, I think, would do really well on the Broncos. Oh, okay, okay. Because he'd be going into a system where he's not going to be the guy. Mm-hmm. And he won't have the weight of being the first-round pick on the Broncos. He'll be the fourth-round pick or whatever it was that they used to get him. Yeah, yeah. And then he can learn with that defense 
and start again, really, mm. with Nick, with um, Bradley Chubb and Von Miller and, and that crowd. Whereas I think doesn't he plays pretty much in the same position as Nick Bosa, mm. and Nick Bosa's already better than him. Yeah. So he has to leave. If you stick Solomon Thomas in there in, in a rotation with like Derek Wolf and Adam Gotsis at the defensive end spot, and then you've got Bradley Chubb outside one there, Von Miller around the other side, Josie Jewell and Todd Davis up the middle. I'm, I'm liking this Broncos defense that's coming together. Even even before you mentioned this potential trade, um, yeah, that would be that would be a, a good landing spot. And the Broncos would only potentially, if he is as good as we think he can be, like only getting better. I promise you get him. So you get him like one year now, mm-hmm. one or two years now, and he'd really have to overperform the the compensation you'd give for him to then cost you a lot on the salary gap. Mm-hmm. He's not going to do a Jadavian Clowney and come back from injury and be one of the best players in the league, and now you're now you're franchise tagging. Yeah, it's not going to. He's he's wasted two years of his career. He's not going to get that now. So he could be the best player on the Broncos, one of the best players on the Broncos defense for two years, and he's still not going to command the free market equity mm. that he would have commanded if he just played the four years at the 49ers. I think he probably just needs to get somewhere, make a start, and then he can probably if he if he proves himself, then his value will go up, and then but it's never going to they can flip him. It's not going to hit the the heights heights it could have hit. And if he doesn't do something, he's not going to be in the league in like three years time. Mm. Or he's going to be on the Patriots as like the fifth guy, the fifth defensive end on their training roster. I told you to stop saying I know, Patriots. But- they don't pay players <laughs> for his career. It's not going to help him being on the Patriots because you're looking at someone who could probably knock over ten million a year. Who's going to be on that eight hundred k a year at the pass? Would you stick him across? Would you stick him across the bay to Oakland? Put him on the other side of uh, Cleveland Farrell, maybe, and just sort of bank on some some two young guns on either side. I I, I don't I don't think the um, the arc mm-hmm. works for the Raiders. He's already twenty four. Mm-hmm. He's already wasted two years. Oh, oh man, already wasted twenty-four. Uh. It's hard. He's also <laughs> one foot, one meter nine, and one hundred and twenty-seven kgs. Mm-hmm. He's a big boy. He's a big boy, and he has the it's plenty of opportunity for him. But if I was him, I'd be putting my foot down now and try be trying to get out. He was the third overall pick, so. He comes with that fifth-year option. Mm. So if you trade from now and he's good, you've got him for three years. So he's definitely worth someone taking a punt, but I wouldn't give up more than the fourth-round pick for him. Mm. I definitely see some value there. Um, and probably just to quickly round out our uh, trade candidates, we spoke about tight end for the Washington Redskins, Jordan Reed. So he's had some serious injury concerns over his career, but when he's healthy, he's one of the better at the position. So do we think he could be utilized better elsewhere? I'd say perhaps somewhere like Houston would be a, a nice fit for him. Yeah. Um, he's, already, he's our age. Yeah. <laughs> if he doesn't do something now, his career's over. Yeah, he's got to go to someone who's... Potential contender. Well, look at what Andrew Luck did with Eric Ebron. Mm-hmm. He needs to go somewhere like that. Even the Jags yep. with Nick Foles. Yep. Um, Arizona. Could be the backup behind Fant at the Broncos. Mm. No, I, I, I kind of feel like the, the, the Broncos he's are a lot of the best. He's a running... He's more like a kiddo mm. than he is like a... Um, than an Ebron. So I'm, I feel that he's... He'd be good on a, I think, on a spread offense. If he can mm-hmm. get his um, blocking up a bit. Stick him in Arizona. Arizona, oh, be interesting. But then his career's mm. over because yeah. he's got he's twenty nine. Unless he does an Antonio Gates, mm. he's not going to be on a challenger if he moves. He if he's orchestrating the move, it's not going to be to someone like the Cardinals. Mm. It's going to be. Well, I think he should go to the New England Patriots, of course, uh, personally. <laughs> well, they don't have anyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that, that, that would actually make a lot of sense. I could I could see that being something that they would do. The Patriots are active in the trade market. 
and you know Reed could be someone because they don't have a tight end. I think their their best wide receiver in camp right now is a guy who caught four hundred yards over his entire college career. Um, they need more weapons for Tom Brady to throw to. Jordan Reed could be just that. Mm. I hate saying for anyone to go there. If if I could have it my way, I just wouldn't allow anyone to sign for them. But I think that that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, also, the, the, the between them, Jacksonville Jaguars, Houston Texans, uh, perhaps the Oakland Raiders. I think those are the sort of teams that could really benefit from someone in his position. If he's on the field. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've just decided that we're going to make this a two-parter because that was an hour long. Um, obviously, we are great at timing these things out. So uh, that'll do it for part one. Please join us in part two, which will be released whenever we feel like it. Uh, but probably just a little bit after the Hall of Fame game, you'll get this one, where we will talk about uh, our top 10 most anticipated games in the upcoming season. So please join us then, and uh, we shall speak to you later. Later. Bye. <laughs> that was a lame outro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs>